Hi, I'm Hannah Pilkus, and the last thing that I prayed for was better credit. Hello, JC. Hi, Jessica. You're in a closet. I'm in a closet. It's Physically, cozy. not metaphorically. She's exactly. straight as an arrow. Ladies I am to my boyfriend, even though you could have a boyfriend and still not be straight. Be queer. Correct. Wow. I need to be more aware of the way I speak. That was a learning, a learning and teaching moment. Okay. Anyway, you're still in your parents' basement. I feel like we're both thriving. <laughs> this is, um, it's like not rock bottom because we're both doing really well. But like <laughs> if our, when we speak to our next guest today, she might be like, is this real <laughs> is everything okay it's just part of our closet basement series um, um anyway can we talk about our live laugh lahayim yeah so i mean i'm happy to go first yeah so, please honestly this one didn't take a lot of thought because it was something so magnificent that happened yesterday so my live laugh lahayim is i saw a double rainbow oh that's beautiful that like never happens i did post a picture of it on my instagram i missed it jc neck it's like the fourth photo in my latest post and oh, is it a photo dump a bit i did a part one and a part two because mm. one was city dump and the other one was country house dump but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah double rainbow stuck in traffic you know i was miserable being stuck in traffic and then there was a little light in my life a little live laugh time and what is yours okay my live laugh lahayim is probably long solo drives through the desert which is what i did yesterday because i drove from la to arizona i'm dealing with some family stuff right now and mm -hmm. I decided it would be better to drive and have my car and everyone was like oh that sucks like five and a half hours in the car and it was actually oh my God, not even that bad I know it was so lovely like to be alone which podcast did you listen to I listened to pray for us just on a loop and it was really <laughs> amazing that would be so psychotic <laughs> I listened to well I listened to some music and then I listened to The Cut. I listened to a podcast about turning 30 and then another podcast about kinks. And then I like lost interest. And then I listened to a bunch of episodes of The Goop podcast, which like if you know what you're looking for, you can find some good educational shit. And then this other podcast from Pushkin Labs which is like Malcolm Gladwell's podcast company about, I think it's just called Bushkin. I don't know why I added labs, which is about <laughs> change. And basically like all of the podcasts that I listened to, there was a through line, which is so random of like doing psychedelic drugs for like psychological purposes. So I'm are gonna, you sold? I'm sold. Signed, sealed, delivered. I'm ready to go. I just need to find someone to do it because you have to like do it in a controlled environment. So, like you want a microdose or you want to do like ayahuasca? No, I want to do like ayahuasca or Do you actually? Else. Oh my God, I hate yeah. throwing up so much. So like I just would never, only because I hate throwing up. Well, if you do it with a professional person, even no, though it you has to be under. Really? I, yes. Well, I might have to cut this out, but I, well, no, I think it's fine. I've microdosed before and I haven't thrown up, but obviously that's a very different no, experience. No, that's different. Ayahuasca is like, it's like fucking peyote basically, but it's, it's more intense and actually i don't know if that's peyote is not what i meant to say there's another drug that i was trying to compare it to but when we were in peru we like kind of learned a lot about it and you always throw up you always either have diarrhea you have to like excrete <laughs> you have to get the substance out quick for yeah. the effects to last someone's gonna come after me and be like that's not right but that's everything i've read and everything i've heard well yeah. it makes sense 
I know a few people who have done it and actually one person who has done it and has a shaman in LA. Yeah. Oh my God. Let me know if their info is. He's also like a medium high profile person. I suspect he goes to like the best. He's not a medium. He's a medium high profile to be clear. To be clear. Okay. Um, He's a, he's a high, (laughs) especially when doing ayahuasca. But um, he said the experience was like truly incredible, but like horrible for the first like two hours because he was having like insane diarrhea and like throwing up. And um, have you watched Chelsea Handler do it on that Netflix thing? I haven't, but I do think it's interesting that none of these podcasts mention that. Really? None of them do? Well, then no. that is ex- well, There's a girl I follow on TikTok who ayahuasca trips like every other week and she always talks about her experience. <laughs> there, there's like something wrong with her, but I love watching her videos because it's super interesting and I'll send you her story. Okay, please do. I'm down to watch you do ayahuasca. I don't know that I would invite an audience, but I'll keep that in mind. No, you don't. I don't think you can do that. <laughs> but on the Goop podcast, they were talking about how you can do things like in 15-minute increments. Like they were talking about doing like MDMA and even this one. Oh, what about like DMT? That's like 15 minutes. Yeah. And they were also even talking scary. about how like this psychologist was saying like CBD is a hallucinogenic. So you can like do it with CBD. And I was like, I've done that. I'm ready for the harder stuff. But all, this is purely medical, by the way. And if it's not, that's fine. Do you? I think. It, Can you send me the Goop podcast? That yes, I was talking about. Ayahuasca? Yeah, Casey Musgraves did it too, and it was like a completely separate podcast series. And I was like, okay, if Casey Musgraves did it, so will I. Yeah, she's um, she's the all-seeing eye. She's, exactly. <laughs> she's my beacon. To be trusted. <laughs> Hannah Pilkis, our guest this week. Sweet angel, lovey baby. Love you, baby. Oh, my God. What a fucking angel. Like, I'm actually obsessed with her. If you don't know her, you should. Please follow her on Instagram. And TikTok. And and TikTok and anywhere else she puts out content because she is the funniest. Like, she's going to be a household name, I swear, to Hashem. I also, I'm not as obsessed with her as you, but I do really like her and I thought okay. that her <laughs> <laughs> I thought that she I just really like her energy and her perspective and point of view and she's really smart and I love that she spoiler alert grew up in New York City and had this like city life I liked that and she's converting so I think that this will be a good episode for anyone who has joked about converting and wants to make it serious just kidding so here's us <laughs> talking to the one and only Hannah Pilkis in Hey there, we're JC and this is Jessica. Hi. And this is Pray For Us. It's a podcast about practicing an ancient religion in the modern day. We're talking about how we observe Judaism and other religions when it comes to holidays, relationships, food, and everything in between. Today, we're talking to Hannah Pilkis. Hannah is a comedian, writer, and actress. You've probably seen her character-driven videos on Instagram and TikTok. So yeah, welcome to the podcast, Hannah. Hello. Thank you. It's so fun to be here. Hello. Wait, to we, have need, you. we need to get this out of the way. Where are you right now? Because it looks like you're at... <laughs> a cabin or something but this could be your home if only this was my i would love if this was my home this is i'm like taking pictures of every corner of it i'm in idlewild at a tree house with my friends for a couple nights yeah thanks for squeezing us in during your vacation oh heck yeah so lux yeah totally truly a truly a fairy tale wonderland behind you 
<laughs> it really is super whimsy to the max. Yes. <laughs> so where are you from originally? I'm from New York City. The um, city? Yeah, like... Ever yeah. heard of it? Upper West Side. Have ever heard of a little thing called the Big Apple? I'm from New York. I always like to preface by being like, when it was rent controlled, because now <laughs> my whole building looks like, it literally looks like a Chuck Bass apartment in Gossip Girl. Um, but when we were there, yeah, but when we were there, my parents had like a Murphy bed and my sister and I shared a room and it was great, but we were like on Central Park West, which is, you know, simply unheard of now to have that kind of space. But um, yeah. Are your great. parents still in New York? In New York. So they just moved to LA. They just like a week I ago. I just made a shocked yeah. face. I don't crazy. know why I don't know them. But <laughs> No, I mean, it is crazy. I'm moving to New York and they're going to sublet my place in Pasadena. So everyone's doing a little game of swap. There you go. It's crazy. Are they born and bred New Yorkers and they're okay with moving to Los Angeles? So my sister just had a baby, so I have a new nephew. Congrats. So I think they wanted to be closer. That makes sense. Thank you. And my sister and her husband lived in Hong Kong for like almost a decade now because he's an Imagineer. What? Um, and so yeah, what a fun job. Uh, does tons of like theme park worlds and predominantly like he just worked on Harry Potter and then the Star Wars world at Universal. Uh, he used to do movie sets, but then he said it was so much more fun to see like anyone be able to access the yeah, magic. So that's kind of why he pivoted over to theme park worlds, but it's huge in Asia. Yeah. So anyway, after 10 years of that, they're finally moving back to Pasadena. So my parents are coming and then I'm leaving. <laughs> you just hate your <laughs> Not family. Not because of them. <laughs> Just gotta get out of here. My dad's my dad's from Holland, and my mom's from North Carolina. But they grew up in they lived in the city for, in New York for like thirty years or something. Um, and I think they're ready for that West Coast life. Does your dad have an accent? Oh yeah, he's like very like he sounds like. I mean, it's huge fodder for my comedy. He's amazing. I he's a love clown. like the Dutch vibes accent. It's like the Yolanda Hadid. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I love her, but she's I was gonna say, Dutch I lady. But her accent mm -hmm. is, well, yeah, it's it's also like one of those region, it's one of those dialects that I feel like has seldom been personified in media. And so, you you know, like Austin Powers tried to do he, he it brained. years ago. But like nobody, and not and unsuccessfully, in my opinion. But I feel like it's hard to nail a Dutch accent because it's such a small place. Like nobody it's thinks about a Dutch accent. It always sounds so over-exaggerated or just like unrealistic yeah. is what are they in eurovision did you see eurovision they're icelandic, icelandic. okay oh, that's, that's very specific and yes i did see that and i actually really liked it i, <laughs> I thought it was really can't silly. say the same but you know what you win some you lose some <laughs> you know like i was like i acknowledge that this is just pure i call it like candy movies yeah. where it's like bad for me not bad for me but there's nothing there's no real substance right. to like, like eating and straws but i'm like yeah 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 but actually i actually did know like I, I mean i like barb star way more than i liked eurovision that felt more like there was subs this eurovision felt like an entire movie of like songs yeah. with no Star I did not was, love I, I liked it at the beginning and then it took a turn and there was just no going back for me there's just a lot going on story wise Jessica you and I are just too logical we just I love guess so. some grounded you know what comedy you think it is? 
I wonder if we weren't if we weren't in the grips of the pandemic and I'd watch those movies if I would be like, oh, whatever. But I feel like the escapism because I tried to watch Barb and Star a second time with my mm-hmm. sister and I was like, oh, I'm having a different experience. <laughs> like, I still loved it, but I was like, this has got to pick up. Uh, but the first time I think I was just like, Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Hot guy. What's Jamie that actor's name? God, he's hot. You know what? He I was doesn't like, do Fifty Shades of Grey. He doesn't do it I for know. you. I know he's from Fifty Shades of Grey. Doesn't mean I like him. Wait, he's like a sex symbol. He's Fifty Shades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he doesn't talk do it about for me in Fifty Shades because I think, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have no chemistry in my opinion. In 50 no, Shades. like honestly, Dakota, she's iconic and we love her, but like, does she have chemistry with anyone on screen to be seen? It's a good. That's a good question. But honestly, she took down Ellen and we love her for it. Does she have chemistry with Chris Martin? I don't know. To be seen. <laughs> yeah, to be seen. This, this is a podcast where we just shit on celebrities the whole time. We shit on movies. We I know. Shit with on like, TV. no. Watch our careers just plummet. And I, like, what gives me the right? Speaking of, you know, actors and actresses, you are one and you also were a child actor. So, yes. what the hell was that I like? Was. So I was just laughing because my friend sent me a picture of a Getty images of me at 11 uh, at the premiere of The Woodsman. And she was like, you just didn't, you didn't feel like you needed to brush your hair. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have like, a, I have like six different parts happening. It's And it's not like a zigzag part. It's just truly like, it was a windy day. And I guess my mom was like, time to go on the red carpet. And it's like, my hair is like greasy and not combed. We're going to need to see that photo. And it's very funny. Yeah, we're, I'm going to need to pull it up for you guys at some point. And I there's a picture of me at Sundance, and I have those, like, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat pants. Oh, so, you like, mean my favorite patterns. musical of all time? So there you go. You're welcome. But they're, like, these jeans that are so many different. Uh, it's like a quilt of a pant, and I loved them. They were from Guest Kids. Ooh. And my mom and I really splurged. We were like, girl. we're going to Sundance, so let's... I was a guest girl with my unbrushed hair. I feel like when you're a child actor, you have no idea what's going on. You're like, what? <laughs> That's perfect way like, to describe moody. it. <laughs> I was just like my mom's like you know she's like we're going to Sundance I'm like okay like what's, I'm like, Utah? what's Sundance like yeah I'm like can we go in the snow she's like I don't know if we'll have time I'm like well then I don't think we should go <laughs> <laughs> you know? you're like I'm 11 I don't want to stand on a hot carpet was it like, your yeah. idea to act or was it like pressure from your parents it was okay. mine it was totally mine I mean my older sister and I create a lot together um and she was like a, she went to film school writer director and was like eight years older than me so I was very much like her muse growing up so whatever she wanted me to do I would do it and so I think from really young I was like oh this is fun like you know we would just recreate Cirque du Soleil and all that stuff and so then yeah then I just started auditioning as a kid and then took a very long break in my teen years because it was like unhealthy for me at the time it felt like I needed to just grow up a little bit so when did you start acting then I think I was 11. I can't believe that your parents were like, oh, you want to do this? Okay. We'll help you. We'll do whatever it takes. I like, mean, that was really New cool York City, baby. Mm-hmm. New York City. And my mom went to drama school, but we're both very sensitive people. And I think she realized really early on when she moved to the city to be an actress that that was not in the cards for mm-hmm. her because she would just cry after every open call. Mm-hmm. Just like, I absolutely still cry all the time. But like, I think I had tougher skin. And so she was like, if she wants to do this, great, you know? But that was why we took a big break was we were driving from Pennsylvania to New York City four times a week when I still had schoolwork 
and it was like five hours in the car four times a week and we realized like we need to take a break i need to be in school and i commend any parent that can do that with their kid but we were starting to it just wasn't conducive yeah. to like i was a moody bitchy teen and my mom was having to drive and we didn't have a lot of money it was just yeah it was totally i, I think we dodged a bullet by like taking a break wait were you born sure. in pennsylvania born in new york okay. Wait, sorry, yeah. were you saying you were working on something in Pennsylvania? Did I miss that? So, born in New York, lived there till I was like 11, lived in suburbs of Philly until I was 18. Oh. So, yeah. I don't yeah. know why I just said that. Like, oh, I know. Like, <laughs> like, like, like Philly's like uh, <laughs> Park City. Like, oh, what were you working on? <laughs> uh, Philly. That's weirdly, my acting took off more when I. Like, but my very first audition was the movie that I got. So I also that's was insane. like, oh, that's the way auditions are. Yeah. <laughs> and they were not. <laughs> so. I mean, that's truly unheard crazy. of. But I feel like actually with children, it's not unheard of. Because with children, it's not. Because you don't understand. It's as soon as I understood the stakes of everything, that's when things got mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. But initially, it was like, I'm a kid and I'm sure I'll read this thing. Sure, I'll read these words. I was a very, like, soulful kid. So doing a movie about a pedophile and, like, being a big. I mean, it was like a really dark premise and I was like sure mom I got this no worries once I had to audition a bunch for years after I was like oh this isn't as fun as yeah I that thought. part sucks and then I think as an adult yeah that part sucks but as a kid I just don't think it I, rationally I was like why would I keep doing this I'm not it's not mm -hmm. happening you know yeah as a kid I wanted to be an actress like so badly it was the only thing I ever wanted and you know, mm. they would have those commercials on Radio Disney that was like, are you interested in acting? Like get your parents to call this number. I would like write the number down on post-its and like give it to my parents every day. And they were just like, not about it. They were like, you don't want to do this. Yeah. Like don't, you, like you basically like you don't have it. And they were clearly right, <laughs> but we'll never know. <laughs> I also wanted to be an it, actor, but I was too practical as a child to actually pursue it. I was like, I'll do theater mm. summer camp and like put on like little shows for my family. But I was like, I can't make a living this way. I can't live like this. And now I'm a writer. So that's so that's funny. funny. <laughs> it's funny that you were like, no one can make it. I honestly, if I, if I, my parents aren't practical in a good way, like for, for this sort of career, yeah. path, you know, like my partner's parents were like, are you sure you don't want to go to like law school or, you know, <laughs> but my parents are like, skip college, like be an artist, you know, like maybe for better or for worse. And I feel like it will pan out for me now, but it was kind of like in hindsight, like they really were just like throw caution to the wind, you know, yeah. uh, which is rare, I think for parents. <laughs> Can we talk about your religious upbringing a little, like what religion are you? Yeah parents and were you raised with anything yes yeah, so my dad was born in like farm town holland eight brothers and sisters everyone worked on the farm and i think they were catholic and he went to catholic school and he's deaf in one of his ears because the nun would pull on his ear when he like yank him by the ear when because he was horrible. a real troublemaker and what i think it was was he was just a really add kid like yeah. i am but there was nothing, no support set out for anyone that was like a non-traditional learner. And so my, and so he was raised, so he was very anti-religion kind of raising me because I think he had such a negative experience with it and it was very like guilt-based. And and I think my, my mom grew up in the South and was raised Christian, but I don't know how often they went to church, but I know they like prayed before meals. Again, I think both of them as an act of rebellion were like no religion for me. The irony being that 
I was born in New York and across the street from us was Stephen Wise. And so I went to preschool and like went to Temple every Wednesday and like brought home my menorah and brought home. And, I, and so I was like, we're Jewish, right? They're like, no, we just sent you to that school. I'm like, why would you do that? Like, I've learned everything about Judaism. So yeah, my relationship to religion was very much like through sleepovers. I had a lot of Jewish friends in New York. I went to Jewish preschool. I went to a lot of bat mitzvahs. I would like sleep over at friend's house and be like an acolyte in their Catholic church the next morning. But I was always kind of peripherally around it. Never really, like we've never set foot in a church as a family or a synagogue or anything. I kind of yeah. love that. I love that your parents like yeah. felt comfortable enough in their own religion or lack thereof to send you to a Jewish preschool. I feel like a lot of parents, no matter what they are, if they're just not right. Jewish, they would be like, I'm not sending them to a religious affiliate school at all. I, right. just, I don't know. I think that's fucking cool. And it was like, it was such an amazing experience. I still have friends from that school. Like it was just a really, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think they always kind of said if we were going to be anything, we would be Jewish. So I think they were like, we're not going to send you to a Catholic school, but like, this Jewish preschool that seems to have great faculty and all the kids seem happy, like, and they were chronically late and it was directly across <laughs> yeah, the street. You, you can't so, like, beat that. It could have been pure. And we were still late. Like we were, I was still like, how am I 10 minutes late when everyone else is crossing town <laughs> to get here? And I am literally crossing the street. But yeah, so it might've just been convenience, but it worked out really well. I, I was just it. listening to this podcast with this rabbi. His name's Stephen Leader. He was on Aaron Foster's, mm -hmm. Aaron and Sarah Foster's podcast. And he was saying that they don't let non-Jewish kids into their school. And they think it's bad for non-Jews to be part of their school because Whoa. it creates like an identity crisis for those kids. And I was like, I don't agree this with that. This is how genocides start. Like that is, oh, that <laughs> yeah. is, you can't exclude. What? That seems There so... can't be exclusivity in faith. Yeah. That seems like, so un-Jewish to me as well. Yeah, specifically Judaism, like which I feel like is so inclusive and community oriented. And was it like a confirmer an Orthodox rabbi? Like, what's the deal? That seems so. I don't know. I don't know. He might. It might be conservative. It's Wilshire Boulevard Temple, which is like a huge congregation in LA. Hmm. But I just like I didn't love that. And I went to Jewish preschool too. And like anyone could go. And we didn't really know when you're four years old, you're not going up to your friend and you're like, are you Jewish? Are both of your parents Jewish? Or like, are your parents going to raise you Jewish? Like right. you don't care. You're just there and like you're gonna make friends with whoever is closest to you. Totally. Now as as someone who's converting, so many of just like the fundamentals and principles of Judaism also just apply to like friendship and being a good decent human so it felt like all the things that we were all the wisdom being imparted on us was just sort of universal it wasn't really like religion dependent right you know especially when you're four <laughs> <laughs> yeah but okay so you said you're converting so that's exciting yes. incredible a lot i think of that's things. how we ended up here that today we, yes, we were, were gathered here today and to i discuss don't your conversion <laughs> we were gathered here today to address my i don't even know how it comes up but it does feel it, it's such a big part of my life now so it just feels like something i bring up when people ask me about myself <laughs> i'm like well i'm getting married i'm converted you know there's it's just it's a lot of my week is spent in zoom lessons you know? how many hours a week would you say are dedicated to the conversion so when we meet we meet with her every other week for two hours but then we get homework and i try to do hebrew practice at least a couple hours on the, on the off weeks just because if i don't review i'm like i don't remember a single thing from not from the prayer section but from hebrew I mean, like, i don't know any hebrew. i also well, there's no reference point for it. Right. It's not like you can be like, oh, well, that Spanish word has like a Latin derivative or anything, you know. I mean, I guess it could be Yiddish, yeah, but, <laughs> uh, but 
I'm like, great. It turns out I'm not fluent in Yiddish. <laughs> so yeah, but I think we started like two or three months ago and I would say a few hours a week. Yeah. I didn't realize that they taught you Hebrew, but I guess it's good to know if you're going to be like saying the prayers. Yeah. I think they didn't want it to just be phonetic. Is that right? Yeah. Like they want, you know, and even if I don't remember all of it, uh, just understand so that if I yeah pulled a passage up I could kind of loosely follow that's it I, I mean it's that's incredible I certainly yeah, I can't do that do. we don't even learn that in like reform Hebrew school though or maybe we did I obviously well, I'm laughing because I'm like how different is my teaching than like but it's also you know what it is it's like Greg is my, my partner's family they're big skiers and I did not get raised skiing Same. and they've been skiing since they were like out of the womb like <laughs> on poles you know um, and so then I'm like five foot almost 5'11 like tangled in my you know the adult the logical brain in me kind of like you know like mm -hmm. you said Jessica the logical part of you as a kid was like I'm not gonna be an actor the logical adult in me is like I'm not gonna <laughs> ski I'm gonna go barreling down this hill and so my ego gets in the way and I kind of equate it to learning Hebrew and and all the things I'm learning now where I'm like I'm gonna like it's it's harder for me now because my ego gets in the way and my and I get frustrated because I can't learn it immediately. So there has been I have been met with some like it's just trickier. It's trickier to learn anything as an adult because you know we're right. also like doing the rest of our lives at the same time. And so, but it's been really interesting the the Hebrew portion mm -hmm. of it. But I'm really enjoying the conversion part of it. But okay, yeah. let's backtrack a tiny bit. So Greg is your partner. Yes. He was raised yes. Jewish, was born Jewish. Yes. And was the conversion your idea or something that he kind of like mandated or his parents wanted you to do? Okay, so Greg was raised more conservative um, but he I would say now is very reformed mm -hmm. um, so his parents are very different Jews uh, but Jews nonetheless definitely was no pressure on my end but I've become really close with his family um, and gone to a lot of Shabbat dinners there really just appreciated Shabbat in general um, and appreciated that even though we we're coming at it from really different angles the familial aspect of Judaism I just love so much and it's something that I would have maybe liked to have been implemented into my family life a little bit more because we were my parents did the best they could but we were just really busy New Yorkers <laughs> yeah. like we just didn't pause very often to just hang it was something I kind of had in the back of my brain but Greg really reinforced they will they, they have no say over this yeah. you know this is completely your decision and it just kind of one day I realized you know when we raise kids together and they go off to Hebrew school I want to be able to talk to them about it when we have a Jewish household I don't want it to feel like it's sort of through the lens of what his parents have told us to do rather we as a couple as a unit have like decided what sort of relationship we want to have to it in our home and and in our relationship so and what's nice is Greg, when I told him I was going to do it, he was obviously really moved and his parents cried and were really happy. <laughs> but we chose our rabbi together. We chose a queer rabbi who's much more reform, who's uh, just spoken word poetry and is like just very much more up our alley. And 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 it, it's it's and he's doing it with me. So we've been able to in our lessons be able to have conversations after and. So that's been really nice. It really feels like a shared kind of choice we're making, which is nice. At what point in your relationship did the conversation about conversion come up? I would say like a year in. Okay. A year in. I already just knew with him. I could just, it was the first person I could really see kids and just like a, a lot of life with. I also think that's an age thing. It's yeah. like, you know, we met closer to like 26, 27. So I was like, okay, you know, I would say like a year in. And it was kind of something we like danced around 
but I don't, I remember exactly what happened. We were in Holland. I don't know why it came up. We were like kind of tipsy sitting around the table and I turned to him and I was like, I'm going to convert. <laughs> he was like, where did that come from? I was like, I don't know. I just realized like, this is something I want to do for us and you know, for our relationship because it's such a layered, you know, religion so layered. And I know that he battles with having sort of differing opinions from his own family. For better or for worse, it also creates a dialogue among them. But I I felt so out of the loop sometimes and I didn't know how to support him or how to be there for him because I'm like, well, I know nothing about what you're talking about. So what's nice is also being able to formulate my own opinion about a really layered subject as opposed to just like globbing onto his or theirs, which was like hard for me because I'm really big in activism work in yeah. other ways. And I was like, I don't know how I feel yeah. about this. And I can't just like, I don't know if your word is the gospel because I have no, so it's just nice to be doing it this way because I feel like I'm creating and developing my own relationship to it. I love that he's doing it with you too. Is that like a requirement or did yeah. he just want to? Definitely not a requirement. The rabbi did suggest like, uh, I think if it wasn't a pandemic, I would have been able to take a class with other yeah. people that are converting, which would have created the community element. But like, there's such an emphasis on community and discussion in Judaism that they were like, doing this on your own just means you can't really talk through things. I mean, you can with your rabbi, but they just advised that I either do it with someone. I was like, I don't know which friend of mine is going to be like, yeah, I'll do conversion. That'll be an improv exercise. <laughs> cool. Yes, and. No, but Greg was super. I mean, I think he was just so taken that I was down to do it. And I'm so glad he's doing it with me because he's super patient in all the ways I am not. So when I start to get like girl on the verge emotional because I can't do Hebrew, he's like, breathe. Hebrew is hard. It's okay. You know, he's really great which is good, thank God. Is he a creative too, or what does he do? Yeah, he is um, about to actually go go to NYU for um, film theory. He is, yeah, a writer. He does like film analysis. He does a lot of writing about like paralleling film and pol like political uh, impact in film. And we met at Groundlings years ago. That's beautiful. Yeah, and so, and so we just laugh a lot. He's super funny and cool. Groundlings in LA? Super funny or... and cool, but not a comic, which that I like. Nice. <laughs> Groundlings is only LA, right? Yeah, I think it's oh, only yeah. LA. Yeah, I thought there dumb was question, Jessica. What a now that's Second ass. City, idiot. <laughs> yeah, we met and like you know you would like write with people in class, but whenever we'd meet up, we'd be like, so should we go to Norton Simon from noon to seven? And we write, but have like a full date. I was like, we're dating. Uh, <laughs> You're my writing partner and also regular partner. <laughs> yeah, well, it, we both had partners, so we were like, uh oh. But then we ended oh. up together. That, but that's how it, it happens, out. right? You always have a partner before you find the, the hard other ones. ones I don't think that's always how it happens. <laughs> that's how it always goes. I think 99.9% of the time. That's how it happened that's for JC. So that's why she's yeah. saying that. <laughs> so that's how it happened for everyone. So everyone, no, yes. I mean, it wasn't optimal, but we met and I was like, oh, no, this, this is, is happening. This is what it's supposed to be. <laughs> this is happening. Like the good part of that is like, you know, you're like, OK, I like this person so much that I'm willing to leave the other person who I'm with currently. So I guess that's yeah. a good sign. But obviously someone's going to get I mean, it. Like, doesn't, well, there's yeah. always like the fear that you're like, is this just who I am? That I just like jump from thing. Mm. And but that hadn't been my past. That hadn't been my track records but yeah i mean i certainly felt like we took a risk like neither one of us made it into the company at groundlings and then we were like should we go to columbia for two weeks and then we just went to columbia and had this like incredible vacation and came back and we were like i think we should be together <laughs> damn and you know and that's how it always goes totally you go to columbia you go to groundlings you, you go to don't Bogota, make it in the company <laughs>
<laughs> you sort of ruminate on that and cry, and then you're dating. <laughs> and then you convert. Classic love story. <laughs> that, I will say, like, my boyfriend and I, we worked together, and then he dumped his other person, maybe or maybe not for me, to be seen. And then we went on a vacation to Mexico <laughs> together. So same thing, just different. And then we came back and we were like, we're together. And then we both got different jobs and here we are. Well, I think traveling with a partner is so illuminating. Like, especially early on, it's either the worst thing you could possibly do, but illuminating in a good way where you're like, oh, we can't fill up the space. If I had food poisoning, like I don't feel safe around you or comfy, you know, and all those things happened. Like I had like, we had sun poisoning. I was like, leave the (laughs) open air bathroom. I was like, leave the Airbnb for six to eight hours and come back (laughs) later, (laughs) you know, still trying to keep the love alive but I was you know to your point after the trip I was like man we traveled so well together you're so easy you're really fun adventurous spirit and it felt like we super lined up and all I mean again some could argue that like vacation mode anyone can have fun but no when you're having food poisoning in Colombia like it was not sexy (laughs) I don't think vacation mode anyone can have fun I think you're completely right on that vacation no matter what type of vacation it is is extremely illuminating because even if it's just yeah a beach vacation you learn if your partner likes to lay on the beach with you or if they can't stay still and they Mm -hmm. like need to go golf and like need to keep busy and then you know yeah whatever finding someone who wants to do the same things as you or enough of the same things is like so crucial because then it's like how are you gonna like have fun and enjoy life if like they want to eat one type of food you want to go to another restaurant or like you want to sit on the beach they want to snorkel this is a fantasy vacation i'm on right now like i don't know (laughs) i feel like that's super important and that also goes for religion it's like he's obviously going to celebrate the holidays and you're like i guess i want to do that too if you're going to do it right well yeah I, i always laugh i'm like is my conversion i know it's not but i'm like is it a control thing because i didn't want like our kids to be like speaking a language i didn't understand to my husband and be like what are you guys saying <laughs> is, your, uh, is like, greg you know fluent in hebrew is he or no. <laughs> no 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 but i just mean like they're like passing hebrew notes um <laughs> That was also illuminating in that he was down to approach it in a way that, because I think if having had my upbringing to go straight to like, I just know I couldn't be an Orthodox Jew. Like that just oh, doesn't align with, I, I, I'm not, I can't wake up and pray that often. Every, I just, <laughs> I just knew that about myself. I was like, we can't be kosher all the time. Like that's just probably not going to be me, you know, but I just appreciated that. Yeah. It was like a dialogue and, and we kind of aligned on that. Cause I think it would be really hard if he was like, yeah, but we can only convert to Orthodox. I'd be mm. like, I don't know if I could have a family that way, you know? Right. So I'm wondering at the end of your conversion class or whatever, and I don't know if it's always like this cause you're on zoom, but like, what do they do to like, grant you a Jew? I think I have to, I mean, I think it's like what you do before the party part of the bat mitzvah. Like I have to read the Torah, the portion, and then you can have like an adult luncheon if you want to celebrate is what I've been told. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, everyone gives me checks to start my life (laughs) at 30. $18 for you, $18 for you. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. I think it's like five more months. I can't even picture learning that yet. And then, of course, she'll she'll be at our wedding and do the how many prayers? Seven prayers, like the right seven, seven. Yes, the seven blessings. blessings. I just learned about those recently because my friend is getting married. She's Jewish. Her husband, her fiance is not Jewish, but they the one Jewish thing they're carrying over is the seven blessings. So they're doing. I mean, they're really beautiful. Version, yeah. I'm supposed to be saying one. I don't know which one yet or what I'm saying, but that's lovely. Yeah, my it's another crazy like I've always been one degree from Judaism my cousin who's one of my best friends and like feels like my sister 
When she was 17, she grew up in the South, so she's on my mom's side. She was Episcopalian. And then there were like these pamphlets at the church to just like audit other, I'm shocked that this was even like a pamphlet option in North Carolina, <laughs> but um, they were like, you can go like to other services. So she went to a Jewish service, loved it so much and like pulled a Charlotte York at 17 and converted oh, on her own. And That's her so whole cool. family was like, my uncle I, apparently at the time was like, I'll pay you a thousand dollars not to do, you know, like, yeah. it, and, and his changed his tune now but I was just so crazy because she'll now be able to officiate part of our wedding and like oh watch me sign the ketubah because she's like my cousin by marriage and it's just like I've had all these Jews around me you know I have a Jewish preschool Jewish cousin <laughs> and so it's pretty crazy now to be it like was meant to be yeah and she and I can talk about it which is nice like to have a, an adult friend that's not just my partner to talk about it with did you have any of that charlotte york experience where like you get turned away does that happen i don't think no. so i mean i don't know especially because it was like over zoom uh -huh. we've only done our meetings i wonder if it would have been different i think that's more orthodox i think so too i think in more mm -hmm. reform they're like they're like come, come on in you know yeah, we, we need, need a membership <laughs> yeah no my rabbi's so the opposite everything i say she's like that's beautiful <laughs> hannah how did you find her how did we find through Greg's mutual, through Greg's friends who had just gone through this is something oh. similar. The now wife had converted, and they said that they had a really positive experience with her, and she was really thoughtful and loving. And she is; she's like such a like love. <laughs> she's so sensitive and wonderful. I love that female rabbi. Every time energy. I'm like, I can't learn Hebrew. She's like, take a breath, Hannah. It's ha Hannah, <laughs> Hannah, it's okay. <laughs> she's so great, Ra Rabbi Robin. Rabbi, shout out to Rabbi Robin. This episode is sponsored shout by out Rabbi, to Rabbi Robin. We love love you <laughs> can we talk about yeah, your wedding for great. a second i want to know what the vibe is gonna yes. be when is it where, where is, is it? it are we coming so, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like we're all besties now so god i always wish like i wish i had unlimited because everyone i meet i'm like come you seem great <laughs> like i just want like everyone to have the best time but god they're expensive oh, yeah. as it turns out <laughs> So as you can see, I love like a cottage core mm -hmm. vibe and spent a lot of time in Holland growing up. And I love like whimsical mushroom caps, like gnome, mossy. So we're doing it in Northern California in the Redwoods in Los Gatos at this venue called Nestle Down. And it literally is the closest thing to, it's called the Efteling. It's a theme park in Holland that is like Disney before it got commercialized. It's like folklore everywhere. And so it looks like that. There's like gnome cottages and like little doors everywhere in the trees. And I mean, I like super geek out on it. I think Greg really likes it, <laughs> but I think Greg really likes how much I really like it. It is, there's like a maze and a giant chessboard. It's very like you're in Alice in Wonderland as I'm an adult. Obsessed. And it's kind of magical. Is everyone staying yeah. there? Is it a hotel Def too? So we can stay there the night before, but I think everyone, I want to get like a cool Airbnb around the Redwoods and like the rest of the weekend. Well, I guess we, so we have to get married on Sunday. Uh, oh yeah. Late afternoon, not Friday because of Shabbat. So um, it would be like a weekend vibe, get there Friday, you know, wedding Sunday, and then like brunch Monday and everyone go back to their life. But I love the Redwoods and just like mossy green, green, green. I was so just there. For the chapel is like outside and Redwoods. It's so magical. Yeah. You feel like you're like something is like lying beneath the fog or the mist or whatever and you better hope yeah, it's not a bear yeah. because we did see one or a vampire because kind that of twilight too. vibes too never i know. love twilight <laughs> vibes love true blood vibes uh, yeah. yes 
I mean, I didn't realize, we went to Sea Ranch a few months ago. I don't know if you've ever been. It's like really, really north past Bodega Bay. It's like past Big Sur. But I was like so, I couldn't believe, it felt like I was on mushrooms because everything was that yeah. green. Wow. Everything just felt like Technicolor. And I was like, oh, this is the backdrop I want. And I also wanted it to be far enough from LA that it just felt like a different thing. escapism and felt really, yeah, really like a like an adventure. So so that's going to be, we're going to do a fall wedding next October. Oh, I love that. And um, we're, we're probably going to do um, Indian food as our vendor. Are you? That and... is my fucking dream, Hannah. <laughs> like, well, it's... Yeah, I mean the food it's way cheaper and delicious. It's the and best. I'm like, I don't want some boring ass. Yeah, salmon oh my god, dish. salmon, chicken, steak. Live right? A little. I'm like snooze. And also my sister's a vegan. There's gonna be a lot of vegan and vegetarian. So there's so many options for vegans within Indian food. It's so delicious and you have all this variety. So yeah, well, hopefully we're really gunning for that. That's that sounds that's incredible. That we can have really yummy Indian food. I also just love the notion mm. of like a quote unquote destination wedding without it really being a destination wedding. Because, like, my sister got married straight up in Lake Como. I mean, it was the most extra, like, they're, like, Cirque du Soleil fanatics. They're me on steroids in terms of fantasy. They arrived on a boat, a Cirque played, like, a white rabbit with a trumpet led us down to a boat that took us to a villa. It was, like, you can't believe it. She earnestly asked me how many, she said, how many performers are you going to have at the wedding? And I said... Just, just me, bitch. Zero. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's like, I said, I'm a performer. We're all performers. We don't want to perform for the day. We just want to exist. All I do is wear wigs and don't feel sexy. I want to feel gorgeous and I want to feel spoiled and I don't want it to feel like a stand-up show, you know? So no so. wigs at the wedding is that? No, wig hour. So there's going to be a wig hour. <laughs> there will be wigs, to clarify. So, <laughs> so for cocktail hour, you're going to have wigs and you could also do like a mask or a cool hat so that you have to take something from the chest and something or like a fun glasses kind of eyes wide shut mm. vibes i would and expect so you have your less. hour i would <laughs> choose a wig if anyone was wondering me too oh, i would choose like a big carrie bradshaw like bird situation oh and there will too. be like bird raven sort of things like that because people, my friends were, because the theme for the outfits are, I said, like, channeled Drew Barrymore and Ever After. So, like, however far you want to go with that, if you want LED lights and a train, <laughs> like, go for it. Everyone, I want everyone to f be the star of their own fantasy movie kind of energy. Are you doing a wedding registry? Oh, we should. You have to. I can't think, I haven't thought about it. It's all Jim Henson. <laughs> I'm like, buy me puppets. Jim Henson puppets. <laughs> those puppets are fucking practical. You know those puppets are like $30,000 a pop? They're <laughs> all you need is psychotic. one. <laughs> but even my wedding ring is very, or engagement ring is very like labyrinthy, maleficent. It's like, you know, a, it's like a, an yeah, old mood ring. ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an elevated mood ring is what I say at stand-up shows. We will do a registry. I know I'm not going to wear a white dress. I want to wear like a really kind of wild something gown that feels very forest and whimsical. I'm very um, into the not cool. white gown. Yeah. I think also I, everyone's yeah. been wearing the same dress lately. Like I don't know about on your Instagram feeds, but I see that one dress with like if there's like leaves and then mm -hmm. and I think it's Monique Lillier. Anyway, whatever. Everyone's wearing the same dress. So well, you know what's funny? I went to try on dresses with my cousin in Atlanta. We were like, oh my God, this place looks whimsical. Should we just go in? And they were all white and I tried on a bunch and I was like weeping the whole time. Mm -hmm. But you can't trust your emotions because of course I was weeping. I'd never tried on anything like that. Then I looked at the photos and they were fine. Right. But yeah, you're like, I don't I wear like, this normally. Honestly, this is pinching my skin in weird places. It was like not so. But then after sitting on it for a while, I found what's it called? Um, 
Tuta Matoshi, um, T-E-U. They're all these, like, they look like the great meets labyrinth. These wild, gorgeous, show-stopping dresses that are kind of something for everybody, but they're very majestic looking. But not white. But no, I mean, some of them, they have a bridal collection. I also don't like how the bridal dresses, even though they look the same, are $2,000 more than the other dresses that aren't wedding dresses. I feel like it's all a scam. It is a scam. You know, they do like, you know, if you, are you, well, are you having a bachelorette party? I think so. I think we'll, I just don't, maybe like a Madonna Inn kind of thing where everybody stays in cool, kitschy rooms. Oh, that sounds amazing. But what I was going to say is if you do, like, a big dinner out or if you do, like, a destination bachelorette, don't tell anyone you're a bachelorette party because there are bachelorette party yeah. surcharges on table reservations, on hotel reservations, on oh, all yeah. of this stuff. And it's, like, it's just it's a scam. It's psycho. It's sexist. No, I mean, honestly, the dresses that this designer has, the bridal ones that I think just arguably are not as detailed and intricate and fun are way, way, way more expensive. And yeah, at this, I was like, oh my God, I w- to think I almost bought a $3,000 dress in Atlanta when these dresses are like 700 range, so I could get like two dresses. So I could, you know, have, have a little change. change. Have yourself sort of a nice little. Appear in a cloud of sparkles. <laughs> <laughs> are you guys going to mandate yarmulkes? And if so, are you giving them out? For the ceremony. I don't think we're going to mandate yarmulkes, but we'll see what his parents have to say about that. Growing up in a Jewish household, you have so many yarmulkes from like weddings, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs that are like the most random colors. And it's always Same. like, <laughs> we had like bags yeah. and bags of them. When my parents moved out of their house, I was like, do we need to keep all of these? Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you wear the same one every Friday. All the like acquired yarmulkes over time. Maybe for the for the ceremony yeah, portion? That's what, that that's that's what it would be for, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, and then you wouldn't... I mean, obviously, we'll do the... What's it called? The, the chairs. The horror. Yeah. See, my one thing about getting married is, like... And this would fucking kill my parents. Well, I don't want to have a wedding at all, but, like, I'm so anti-horror. Oh, you don't? Only because, like, I did it for my bat mitzvah. I hated being lifted in the chair. It's, like... It was it, not fun. I, for, listen, you're a very thin girl. I'm a medium-sized girl. I have anxiety about people lifting me in a chair. I don't want it. I don't want to think I about it. I have the same like, anxiety. I, I just, like, the thought of it brings me to tears. And it's not worth it. It's not worth it's it for not me. It's not worth it. It doesn't, honestly, like, I would like to keep it sort of, like, very abridged. I've heard of really, some of the Orthodox weddings are, like, an hour-long horror. And I'm, like, oh my God. a crisp two That's to five. Insane. They do. They let's do get it in, for, like, the out. whole time. Wait, isn't it a mitzvah that you're, like, supposed to have sex right after you get married before the party? I think so. I think that's I mean, it's definitely in the Orthodox religion, you're supposed to do it in like a very specific way. And like through you're supposed sheet. to have sex through a sheet. If you- through a sheet, that's right. They're like, don't look at each other's privates. Don't do the fun part. Yeah, I love I, that you just said you know private. There's a reason we're all not Orthodox. <laughs> don't look at my pussy. Um. I also said the word undies the other day and I was like, undies? <laughs> What was the context? <laughs> it was in a stand-up show, and I shocked myself. I was like, undies? Oh, now the more I say it, the worse it gets. <laughs> but then what's the alternative? Panties? Oh. I don't know. There's no good. Panky no pankies? Panky pankies. Underoos. Underoos. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to get married under a huppah? Yes, definitely. One, a cool huppah. The cool thing is for, like, floral and stuff, when you get married in the woods, there's just built-in floral everywhere. Yeah. It's just super beautiful and majestic. I mean, we'll definitely pimp out the huppah and make it look really beautiful (laughs) and add some, you know, some foliage. But I feel like that's I I think I want a more rustic vibe. Pimp my huppah. Pimp out your... (laughs) 
They're like, your chuppah comes with LED lights, surround sound. It's on wheels. <laughs> and exhibit is also the host. Oh my God, I want exhibit to officiate my wedding. Where's he been? I wonder if he'd have to convert, whatever. It'd be fine. Oh yeah, because doesn't he has to be Jewish. Yeah, but he's a great host. Why don't you want to get married, No, JC? I'm down to get married. Or why don't you want a wedding? Um, I am a very, I get stressed very easily. And mm. I don't think I would do well under the pressure of like having to plan something of that caliber. And yeah. I also have like no taste when it comes to like design or flowers or like anything. And I just, I don't know, yeah. like I would need to hire someone expensive to get it to what I yeah. want it to be. And I also would just like rather have a right. house and I'd rather have a great honeymoon. I don't know, I think- I get it. It's the stress element. Like I, I know myself and I think if we had a big wedding, it would end our relationship because I'd be fucking psychotic. <laughs> like that's just You know, it. actually to your point, I get that because we had talked about doing like a DIY kind of thing and like renting out a summer camp. And in theory, that's so great. But like, I I cannot, like, so all of my energy goes to my comedy and, and pursuing mm -hmm. that. Exactly. And for both of us, we're on a track. I have so much I want to, so this place, so much of it is built in. And that is really the only way I, initially I thought, oh, well, we're pretty low maintenance people. But I thought for this one day, it's either they do it all or we don't do it at all. I'm with you. I would have full blown meltdown if, if the responsibility was on me. I don't, have these, I don't have the taste. I didn't come from money. I don't come from money. All of my furniture's inherited. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know what my design aesthetic is other than that I like gnomes. <laughs> also, like, the thought <laughs> yeah. of having to make cuts on a guest list or, like, not knowing yeah, who to invite and where it's the hard. branch, it, like, what, what it extends to, I just don't know. I know that I have... This is going to sound so fucked up, but I know I have a lot of friends from my past who still view me as one of their good friends. And, like, I don't... Feel that doesn't that sound way. fucked up. And like, I just, <laughs> you're really like, great. I just have such a hard time, like, oh, yeah. Picking and shoot. I don't know. I'm very, I have like 16 brides. So I'm like, and you are my, and you. I'm just, I just, I just I'm don't like, want to hurt anyone's feelings. Like, I just, yeah. I'd rather just elope, but like, not really. But then, Mom when you and elope, dad, sorry, it's, it's like, fine. You, then, or you're like, am I hurting my parents' feelings? Like, well, I just have okay, no idea. I don't know. See, there's like so many, there's so many factors, you guys. So many factors. Even this Airbnb, like they showed pictures of people having their wedding here. And it's like, oh, they had like 20 people in this beautiful tree house. And it was just like really whimsical and tiny. And a part mm -hmm. of me is like, am I making a huge You're mistake not. doing no. this? It's going to be amazing. But I'm also like my entire life, I have I, all of my money and my energy has always gone to career and to like furthering all of that, that I'm like, I think I want to have a weekend that feels very special and, yeah, and, and, you and, and unique it. You to deserve me. it. So thanks, guys. I'm worth it. L'Oreal. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored but by L'Oreal. So I get both sides. I do want to acknowledge the fact that you said you're going to have a brunch because I've been realizing a lot of weddings that aren't Jewish, they don't do a brunch, which is insane Ooh. to me because I feel like you want to have right. a little send off and you want to give everyone a bagel and talk about the weekend and then be on your merry way. Honestly, my every birthday that I have, I go up to every single person that's there and acknowledge them and tell them my favorite. Like, I just want all this time. Like, I, obviously it's about Greg and I, but the whole time I'm gonna be like, you mean, I, I'm just very emotional and sensitive in that way and always want my friends to feel like seen <laughs> and loved. And I want like the whole weekend to be able to just be like a mush fest of love. And, and ev Greg knows every vacation we go on before the the last day I'm like should we stay up tonight <laughs> I I can never end things and we always end up staying at like a shittier version of where we are like I'll probably do it on this trip I'll be like 
she's saying <laughs> we should probably get a shitty motel because I'm just not ready to go. So I feel like I'll be that person that's like, you guys sure you have to leave after brunch? Maybe we can go we mini golf. <laughs> I just can't, can't end it. I just never want the party to end. I don't blame um, you. Yeah, I famously shit myself on an airplane after my best friend's <laughs> brunch after her wedding because sometimes you gotta travel Famously. after a long weekend Ooh. and I was in Montreal and I ate six bagels with like a gallons of cream cheese and I'm lactose intolerant <laughs> and I had to get on a plane a seven hour plane from Montreal back to LA and yeah like shit happens something about being on a plane like makes you have to go to the bathroom <sighs> if you have anxiety and it's the worst place to have worst that yes my mom got a vicious food poisoning coming back from india and it was that'll like a 17 it. hour <laughs> yeah that was a 17 hour journey oh no oh my god oh wait Mrs. Oh my god. <laughs> are you gonna change your last name after you get married i don't think okay. so i like my last I like, name i like your last name too and also, like, what about the tens of people that know of me as Hannah Pilkins? Yeah, that's, you know, I don't know. You're on, it would you're be confusing. On the, I mean, you are, you have a large following, but as I've said to you before, you're yeah. on the precipice of extreme fame, so you gotta. I'm <laughs> on the precipice. I, JC knows how I feel about the precipice. So you gotta keep your name. <laughs> if you had kids, oh, you man. said you wanted kids, right? Definitely. Would they take. I've wanted kids for a long okay. time. I'm glad yeah. we have clarity because some people don't know me. Yeah. Um, would your kids have your last name, your husband's last name, your future husband's last name, or would you make one up? I'm okay if they take, if they have Nussin last name. I just don't want to give up mine because I, I, I like where I came yeah, from. Same. And and I also just, it symbolizes something weird to me. I just, I don't love like taking on his identity. I'm yeah. like, yes, I am a Nussin too, but I am, I'm a Pilkis. Right. And Pilkis is such a beautiful name <laughs> that I just gotta keep it. It's so funny because it's it's really not. Yeah, I don't mind if they take his last name. I mean, I feel like that's just. I feel like the paperwork requires. Here's the thing, I cannot deal with the no. paperwork. <laughs> I, it, anything that requires paperwork, I just simply won't do it. So if keeping my last name requires paperwork, I'll go yeah. Nussin. But I think it requires more paperwork to go Nussin than it does to stay Pilkis. It Pocus. absolutely does. So that alone, that's why. And then you have to like, I just change your passport and your license. Your email like... address. Yeah, for what? Oh my God, your email for address. Hannah yeah, the email so to me is the worst of all of the things. Here's a question for you guys. Yeah, if you've had any. Here's an answer. Love that. Um, if you two have had any friends get married who did change their last name, do you change their contact info on your phone? Ooh, no. I didn't for a while. And then I think it might have like upset one of my friends or I was like, oh, I always refer to you like in my head as like your old last name. And it was like, that's not who I am anymore. That's not my name. So then what I did is mm. I just have their old last name so I don't forget it and their new last name. So you don't forget it. Because <laughs> sometimes I, you do forget it. The longest contact. They're like, Mia was Fidesco, now Chittister, but still Fidesco to me. <laughs> what do you do, Daisy? Uh, I changed it immediately for both of my married friends. Oh, whoa. And, but then my friend, my married friend, saw that I changed it. And she was like, oh, you changed my last name in your phone? And she thought that that was weird. But, like, I don't know. Mm. I, I do it to remind myself that it's their new name. Yeah. Right. I mean, if they change their Instagram handle, I'm going to change That's official. Their That's name. the law. I just feel like I'm never calling anyone by their full name anyway. Oh, no, absolutely I'm not, not. like, maybe that is a conscious thing where I'm like, no, I'm not going to change. Maybe the feminist <laughs> in me is like, I don't know. You're still that to me. I mean, I'm super <laughs> on board with not changing last names. I think women shouldn't change yeah. their last names. I just hate my last name, so I will change it. Like, that's, uh, that's the reason why I will. 
Why do you hate your last name? Oh, just because it's like too many syllables and it's very Italian. And I've talked about this several times, um, so I won't bore bore the audience, but it's very Italian and I'm I'm very Jewish and I don't like people assuming that I was raised like Roman Catholic right. or extremely Italian um, because a lot, of, especially like when I was growing up, people, my town is very Italian. People would like off the bat say random like small anti-Semitic comments to me thinking that I wasn't oh, Jewish. God. And I just like, it hasn't <gasps> happened in my adulthood, but like, I, I just don't like that. So I'd rather have no, a that neutral makes sense. Um, last name. Clean slate. And my partner's last name is Bradley. So like, that sounds great. That does sound nice. It does sound great. The why. And you can't mispronounce Bradley. Exactly. Not in this country. Yeah. Not in this country. Yeah. Not here, at least. Are you going to keep celebrating Christmas? Or do, you, do you celebrate Christmas? Yeah. I just, I, I celebrate the, the whimsical part right. of Christmas. I've never, I forgot that Jesus is even part of that. That's um, great. Like, Who cares? So, you know, we'll, and we'll celebrate Hanukkah and we'll celebrate Rosh Hashanah and we'll celebrate Christmas. Easter's never been a, I don't know, Easter feels really religious yeah. to me. So that's never been a, you know what we used to do when I, we lived in New York was at Tavern on the Green, they had a uh, Easter hat and it had nothing to do with Easter, but you would do a, a hat contest where whoever had the most amazing hat won every year, would win. obviously. No, believe it or not, <laughs> we just, because we didn't have enough money, people would, you know, spend like $2,000 putting an entire, you know, ship on their damn hat. They should have different and divisions one year for they the should. hat contest. Yeah, we had like a little, ours were always really cute. One year I, would, I had a little chick up there that we made out of felt, but another year we did, do you guys remember those you had the, the little straw and you would blow and it would create those yes, little bubbles. Yes. Those were so I fun. recently saw the infomercial for that on TikTok. Oh, it's back. It's not back. It's someone posted the oh, old one like on a, TikTok. I love I'll, those. I things. mean, I'll send it to you. And I was like, yeah, please send that to me. Transported into into a different time. It was wild. We we built the hats the night before, not thinking Ugh. the bubbles are going to deflate. Ugh. So we woke up and it was just so sad. You know, just the goo was left. I guess that's a hat you would have to make like right before. Um, that's less. But I don't mind. know if they do that hat contest anymore. <laughs> that's yeah. We'll we'll keep celebrating. I just love the holiday. Like I love holiday cheer and love being cozy. I love warm mugs. Ugh, yeah. Obsessed with warm mugs. That's and I want a tree. I mean, it's so. Again, I have never had a religious relationship to a Christmas mm -hmm. tree. Like, it's like for a all intents and purposes, like I just winter can, it's tree. like a holiday tree. Exactly. But I am excited to like implement more. Jewish holidays into our what's great is we always go to Greg's families anyway we've had so many fun Passovers over there and you know that was another thing it was like they make it so fun I always enjoy the high holidays like why would I not want to know what I'm reading when I'm there you totally. know I understand uh, so I'm excited to actually be like yeah this part of Passover as opposed to them every and everyone's always been really sweet and accommodating and teaching me but it'll be nice to be like I know what's happening oh my god I yeah. love it I know why we're eating horseradish <laughs> and you're fish. probably gonna know more than everyone else by the time you're done with your conversion you will you actually do you will. guys watch Maisel of course yeah. Yeah. Maisel. You know the what's his uh Maisel's brother's wife who's like the better Jew, not oh, the yeah. better Jew. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. like, you know the blonde woman yeah, who like I feel like converted or whatever. Yeah. It's literally gonna be That's you. me. Yes. That is literally me, the tall blonde woman. Hannah. Yeah. I think we did it. We're, did so, we do we're it? literally so I bad like at saying goodbye. It. I was like, oh, I think this is it. <laughs> All right, I think this is the end part. Well, I always no. I'm looking, and it looks like we're at like an hour. Okay, almost. yeah, that feels, so, good. feels like a nice. I always want to do the Mark Maron like, and I was so great talking to you, and then, like, <laughs> <laughs> and then it never works out that way. So, 
Um, anyway, this was, and then we wind up saying, oh, this was so fun. And then you say, it was so great talking to you. Um, this was so fun. But I think we did a good job. I Hannah, do you so feel too. good about it? I, I feel like we did a great job. If if nothing else, we really promoted the shit out of my wedding venue, so they should <laughs> you get some get money. And, and Rabbi Robin. <laughs> I know. Jesus. Thanks for joining us, Hannah. You can follow her on Instagram at Hannah Focus and Twitter, the same handle. If you're a fan of the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or listen for free on Spotify. And don't forget to rate and review us and leave a nice little comment. If you want to support our show financially, check out our anchor page and follow us on Insta Pregress Pod. Shabbat Shalom. This podcast has been mastered and mixed by the one and only Josh Fisher. Yay, Josh. We love you, Josh. <laughs>